Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Finally tonight, CBS's Steve Hartman goes on the road with a high school football star who's using lessons from his painful past to give others a brighter future. This kid's remarkable transformation actually began a few years earlier after an hour-long argument in which Miranda insisted he do something selfless. Uh, yeah, I threw out at least 100 ideas of things he could do. And exasperated, I finally said, what about holding a door? Can you hold one door for one person? And he finally was just like, I can hold a door. The next day at school, he held a door, then another and another. At church, he held the door for the entire congregation. Till now, he says kindness is his passion. I'm his neighbor. So you're saying all this charity stemmed from you holding a door for someone? Yes, because once I realized how good it makes me feel to help other people, it's just something that I knew that I wanted to continue in my life. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, Rob, and I have special guests tonight, and that's multiple, which is a little bit different than what I usually do. I have Craig and Miranda Coleman, parents of Husker Recruit, and now actually, I should say Husker teammate, Malachi Coleman. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'm I'm really glad you guys could join us. I just kind of want to talk about um, your journey through all of this. Um, you know, obviously to do with your son, I want to talk about all your kids, kind of like you know the people that you are. I, I want to give some people insight into just kind of like what it was like for him growing up um, with you guys under your roof, with your rules and 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 your lives, um, and kind of how you guys were able to guide him through life to get to this point you know, where he's at, where he's going to be playing for the Huskers next year. Um, you know, obviously uh, we have uh, high hopes for him. I don't want to say expectations because that's not fair. He's a 17 year old kid and, and, you know, there's still a lot of things in life that he's going to, that he's going to be able to accomplish. So, um, you know, with that being said, before I get started, I do have a couple of um, things I need to go over for one is uh we do have to recognize our sponsors here, Alumni Hall, who have two locations in Lincoln. One is downtown at 1120 P Street, and the other is in the South Point Pavilions behind Barnes & Noble. Um, you can also find them at alumnihall.com slash Nebraska-Cornhuskers. Um, you know, they've got all of the best uh, uh, Husker apparel out there. It's all licensed and, and good to go. And I can tell you they've got all the new Herbie stuff as well. The new old Herbie, I guess, is what we should say here at this point. Um, also, uh, let's see here. There's a VIP baseball experience through alumni hall where you can enter to win two tickets to the May 13th game versus Penn state. 
where Colt when, when a Colt coach bolt autographed baseball and a $50 gift card to alumni hall. Um, also coming up on the shows, we've got Jason from Husker land on Wednesday, May 10th at 8 PM central. Uh, another fan form. We've also got pipeline jerky. They are friends of ours, friends of the show. And uh, every time you buy a bag of pipeline jerky, you are contributing to the NIL program for the, the, we'll call it the new pipeline because the old pipeline is the only pipeline, their original pipeline. And I met those guys this weekend and they're serious about that. But these guys, uh, if you use Redcast at checkout, you get 10% off. It's delicious. It's moist, good beef jerky. And uh, we love it. And Husk guys are great uh, friends of ours. So I want to make sure that we go ahead and support them as well as our friends over at Smack and Smooch. Uh, Shane and Laura do a great job making custom made orders for the go big Redcast. you can scan the qr code here we've got a new Redcast store we've got hats sweatshirts pretty much anything that you want to order he, shane can make it for you and if you have your own custom orders that you want to put through just see them on twitter or facebook at at smack and smooch and um let's see do we have anything else after that i don't think so okay so good evening how are you guys great <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I love this because I just want to. Uh, it, it's funny to me because I I know that Miranda, you said you want to be able to let Craig talk, and obviously Craig's always waiting for you to answer here. So yeah. this is gonna this is gonna be a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll try to ask some direct questions. So so Craig, tell me a little bit. I know, um, you know, Miranda, you guys have. I think you said you have a 22 year old son, correct? And um, you, Craig, you adopted him, right? Yeah, is that right? Yeah. As your own. So um, is was he the first first one you guys adopted? The first child that you, that you adopted? Yeah, yeah. He was he was Miranda's biological son, and so when we got married later in life, um, it only felt right to actually have since he didn't grow up with a father that I went ahead and adopted him, and I'm grateful that I did. He's a great kid. So, so I guess for that, like for you, you kind of knew what that feeling was like. You, you knew how it was important for, for a kid to, to grow up in a household with a lot of support and a loving family. Um, and so maybe tell me a little bit about um, how you guys got to the point where um, you decided that you wanted to foster children and, you know, how you, you know, how you met um, Malachi and his sister and uh, Nevaeh. I, I said her name correctly. Yeah, yeah. I nailed it. Um, and you know how how you how you ended up meeting those two and and kind of came to the decision to foster both of them and then ultimately adopt them. Yeah. So crazy little story is that um, when Craig and I got married, as you said, we were a little older than than most when they get married. Um, I didn't want to have any more children, um, but we also knew we had love to give. Um, and so we had been talking about getting involved in foster care for some time and went to church on a Sunday and the sermon is about getting involved in foster care. And they had brought in the agencies to our, the, the church service. And, um, Craig just looked at me as we're doing this, aren't we? And I, yeah, yeah, I guess we are. Um, so we signed up to go through the, um, classes to become foster parents. Our last day of foster care licensing class, they Craig actually was traveling for work and I was there alone and they handed me two profiles and said, we want you to adopt two kids. 
excuse me, what? (laughs) 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 One, right? Like you want us to permanently take two. Um, So it was a, it was an interesting journey. And within what Craig, a couple weeks of that conversation, they were doing home visits with us every weekend and within a couple months were living with us full time. Yeah. And what was, what were, what was that like on like those weekend visits and, you know, having both of them there and kind of, you know, I, I, I'm going to let you guys tell the background there. Um, I know, you know, we watched the news story. We I've read probably 10 different articles. There's always a little something different in there on the same story. And as you said that sometimes, you know, they cut and edit those. And I, and really, I think the idea of this whole is to get the uh, unedited version so if you guys just want to talk a little bit about that, maybe learning about their their background, how they got into that situation, and then, you know, eventually ended up with you. You want that one, Craig? You want me- <laughs> I'll let you take this. Okay. Yeah. So um, the first part of that, asking about how those weekend visits where it's really, it's really funny. Um, Malachi, I'll tell the story that it was a little bit of bait and switch because when when they would come for their weekend visits, they would play video games in the basement and we'd party all the time. You know, we'd have all the great snacks we'd have, you know, because it was, it was just like a little sleepover event. It was a party event. Well, when they moved in, all the rules come into play and I'm very, very strict about my rules, especially for younger kids. And, and so Malachi, you know, he's like, you lied, you you didn't, you weren't the real you when we were on visits. Not that they had much of a choice in the matter, honestly, for coming to live with us, but uh, it's, it's pretty funny to listen to him talk about, you know, I, I cut out the video games and TV and made them read books and do schoolwork. And um, so that's, that's always kind of a funny part of that conversation about when they, when they first started doing visits, but um, Malachi and Nevea were removed um, from their biological mother. Uh, they were like two and five at the time. Um, the story that we got from the state was essentially, um, she had dropped them off at a home of people they didn't know. Um, and after a couple of weeks of not being able to get a hold of her, um, they called the police and said, you know, we can't afford to feed them any longer. Um, we don't know what to do with these children. And that's how they ended up in the foster care system. Um, their first foster home, um, they were at for about a year and a half. It, it turned out that um, they really only wanted to adopt one of them. Um, they really only wanted to adopt Nevea. Uh, the state was not at a point where they wanted to separate them. Um, so they eventually moved them to a home in York. Um, the home in York started out just wanting to adopt Malachi um, and not Nevea, but um, eventually after a few months, um, there was a disagreement between Malachi and the, their biological son in the home. Um, a fight ensued and the father threw Malachi through a wall. So they were emergency removed from that home, um, placed in a, in a loving home in Seward. Um, but just weren't that home and Seward was not in a position to be able to adopt them or give them permanency. And enough time had elapsed where um, bio mom was in prison at that time um, on some unrelated charges. And um, her 
her parental rights had been removed. And so they were looking for permanency. Um, we were the last, we were the last chance. Um, if we would not have adopted, they were going to separate them and it would have been devastating, just devastating to them. They're very yeah. close. Yeah. That's that, that is the one consistent thing I would say in the stories. I mean, a lot of that, you know, story obviously isn't in that, but the, the fact that, um, they didn't want to be separate. How old were they when, when, uh, you adopted them? They were um, six and nine. They? they were six and nine when they came. They had just turned seven and and seven. ten when we adopted. Okay, yeah. okay, so they they spent a few years then kind of going through the the roller coaster that is our yeah. uh, social system. Well, I mean, but here you are, right? You've you've raised, um, you know, an, an upstanding member of the community. Um, you know, the the I hate to make a Game of Thrones reference, but the hold the door moment. Um, I don't even know if you guys get that reference at all, and that's okay, because um, <laughs> there are listeners that will. Um, but the the hold the door moment, and um, you know, I will say this is that I don't. I, I'm actually ashamed to say this. I my first trip to Lincoln ever, and I didn't have a chance to get to uh, Muchachos. Um, yeah, and and I'm embarrassed to say that. I'm sorry, Nick, if you're listening, and I promise I'll go there twice next time I'm in Lincoln. It just it was a busy weekend. Um, so, you know, now he's, he's got an NIL deal, right? He's 17, he's got an NIL, but he's taking that money and, and he's using it um, for a great cause. And, and from, I'm just going to say that, I think, and I'm going to let you guys tell a little bit about that too. Craig, so, it's your turn. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, so when he got wind that Nebraska had passed the NIL opportunities for high schoolers, he went to the NSAA and got all the information that was needed to really be able to understand what all was required with the NIL for him. Um, being new, there wasn't a whole lot of guidance from the NSAA. It was, you just can't uh, use the school and you can't tell them that you are a number one recruit uh, out of the state. Um, and so that was really the only guidance we got. Um, he ended up uh, reaching out to Nick at Muchachos through Twitter, I think. And uh, he was like, hey, want to talk to you about setting up a deal or something like that. Uh, eventually, uh, Nick said, OK, let's let's see what you got. Um, Nick, uh, we went down on a, uh, we went down there uh, and chatted with uh, him and it became an instant connection between him and us. And we've just been a great, it, it's more like a family now um, through this. And what is essentially happened was Malachi and Nick got their heads together and came up with the Giverito. Um, and ultimately, uh, Malachi wanted to give the money that was raised with that to be able to benefit kids in the foster care system. Um, he was donating money uh, to, let's see, he did it to uh, the foster care closet. And also, uh, what was the other one? KBC. Uh, which is the organization that we adopted them through. Okay. 
Okay. And, and what does that money go towards as far as in the system? Is it for clothing? Is it for housing? Is it for food? So ultimately, uh, with the foster care closet, they raise money and give clothes to kids in care. Uh, I think they get five outfits twice a year where these are brand new outfits. They'll also get backpacks and other things that just items that help them feel like a normal person versus always wearing hand-me-down stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, KBC, they're using the money in a manner that is really Malachi's vision to essentially pay for uh, the, uh, how should I put this? Uh, they're, you want to? <laughs> Go ahead, <laughs> Athletics and, and activity. So yes, uh, yeah. really Malachi's vision is, is to um, ensure that kids in care have opportunities to participate in their passion. So whether it's yeah. art, dance, sports, whatever that may be, he sees the value that he got out of sports and his passion. Um, and so he wants to ensure um, that all kids in care have that opportunity. So he's paying those fees. Okay. Um, and Breaking news, Fly okay. Like Kai has launched officially as of today. Fly so, Like Kai, so this, uh, it's a clothing company, right? Well, uh, Fly yeah. Like Kai is his foundation. Okay. So we have launched our website officially as of today. Oh, well, um, okay. So um, if you want to say what that is, and then Boomer can r- scroll it across. Boomer's working in the background for me tonight and uh, enjoying a bottle of wine. So if you want to put that out there, <laughs> we, can, we can scroll across the bottom for a while so our so our sure. viewers and listeners, when they go back and watch, can see it. Yeah, it's flylikehigh.org. Flylikehigh.org. C-H-I, right? Yeah. Okay. Get yep. that, Boomer? All right. Um, so now he's going to be able to take care of those fees. He's not he's not dependent on agencies to do that for him. Good. And um, so that was my next question, really, because, um, you know, I, I'm guessing, I mean, you guys, first of all, this kind of support as a parent has got to make you at least feel good to see, you know, him with these visions and, and putting them out there, because um, I know that, uh, you know, from the stories I've heard, it wasn't really always easy with him growing up too, because, you know, it, it was hard to get a lot of trust in, in people in general, I would assume, um, you know, and so, you know, with you guys, with you guys, uh, you know, raising him to be like this and, and to get to this point in life, you know, what, what was that like? Like, what kind of things do you sit down and talk, talk to about, you know, like, I mean, those are, it can't be easy conversations, I suppose. Right early years were really rough. Um, the first couple of years, I would say probably three to four years were really a struggle. Um, you know, you have a kid who doesn't see value in himself, who has no trust in adults, um, people in authority. So, you know, school, school was a struggle. He missed his first two years of, of elementary school. So he did not go to kindergarten or first grade. Um, and so he was already, behind when he went into elementary school and always felt like he was behind. His abilities were not lacking, but his confidence in school and his his ability to do math and reading, um, his confidence was really lacking. And so really over time, it was really just building a trust with him that, you know, we're not going to leave you. We aren't 
we aren't going to hurt you. Um, and then really just helping him find his value in himself. That's good. And, and I, you know, he, he's got his little sister and I really don't want to leave her out of this because, you know, this, this show is about more about you guys and, and just and raising these kids. So, I mean, with her, has she always kind of, cause I know she's an amazing athlete as well, right? I mean, she's, she's out there, she's running track. Does she play any other sports or? She's a phenomenal softball player. Okay. That's her love. Um, so that's what she would like to do is play softball. Um, and she tried her hand at basketball and found out, Hey, I'm really good at that too. So she's, she's also a three sport athlete. So you guys are busy on the weekend. So she runs track too. Is, is that, is it track softball and basketball? Um, mm -hmm. does she have any aspirations? I mean, as far as college goes, or she, she would like to go to college and with one of those sports. Cause she right now would be, let's see, I'm going to guess she's 14. Is that, did I get that? Yeah. She is a freshman. Okay. Okay. And she's at Lincoln East as well. Is that okay? Nice. And, and I mean, did she always just kind of like fall in step behind him or, you know, is, has she been kind of a balancing like between the two of them? Do they balance each other out? What's that, what's that relationship like from your eyes? They, <laughs> she blazes <laughs> her own path. Like she, she, <laughs> she blazes her own path. She is a spitfire. Um, anybody who knows her will tell you that she, she, she's the personality. Like she's the one who's going to, uh, tell you what's on top of mind all the time. Um, she's their relationships unreal. Honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't ask for a better relationship. Um, in the early years, Malachi was super protective of her, even to us, um, stepping out of that parent role for her was kind of a struggle. Um, but now they, I mean, they're just kind of two peas in the pod. Most of the time, they don't really fight and argue very much. Um, they, they go places together. They do things together. Um, obviously sports, they'll shoot hoops or throw the ball out in the, out in the yard together. Um, it'll be interesting to see how things change here, um, as Malachi moves away for the first time. So that's, that's going to be a challenge for both of them. How, how far from your home is where he's going to be living on campus? 20 minutes. Not okay. very far. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, with, so I, I guess that was going to be my next question is, is, you know, how do you think that's going to impact everything else going on and how much, I guess here, here's a better question. I think that just, how much did that impact his decision to stay home? We gave him the authority to go anywhere. Well, that's not 100% true. And everybody, <laughs> not going to Iowa, to right? Texas. Just say you could not go to Iowa. Absolutely not. Uh, I, Iowa was not on my list. It was Texas. I'm not wearing Texas orange. I was not. Sorry to all my Austin people that I work with. I'm not. <laughs> Texas was off the list. <laughs> that's he, he'll never tell you that staying home to be close to her was part of it, but my gut tells me that it, it, it's part of it. I don't think it was a deciding factor for him, but I definitely think having family close by, he knows he needs, he's, he's a little bit of a mama's boy. Um, Good. We all should be. Yeah. yeah. And really he's only had a sense of family and home for just a fraction of his life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Look, so he, ha cause he has to live on campus as a freshman, right? Like that's a freshman and, and whatnot. So, um, and I get that. That's, um, that's, that's pretty standard. And I guess for me, 
what I what I'd really like to know is because I know that for a while there he was he had withdrew, withdrawn his co- uh, commitment said he was putting himself back out there to be recruited again. I know a lot of that had to do with the coaching change. I'm sure. Um, I don't know what his relationship with Mickey was like. And then, you know, obviously um, rule got hired. He put himself back out there to be re-recruited, but then he, I mean, I would say he was one of the quickest to turn back around and say, we're coming back. And so um, what was that like um, with coach rule? How, how quick was it once he got hired? Did he reach back out to you guys? Um, you know, I, and, and, you know, how does how did Malachi feel about that once all of that kind of became a reality for him? So when Rule was hired um, and Mickey was still possibly going to be the receivers coach, um, Malachi was comfortable with staying and staying committed. Um, when everything went down with Mickey, um, it was it was it was a very difficult time for our family. Um I can't imagine what his family was going through, but it was a you know, difficult time for our family um, as Mickey's wife was also my daughter's private softball coach. Um, and so, you know, we had, we had tight, tight, ties to their family. Yeah. Um, so it was a really challenging time. Um, and it was still during the dead period. So um, no contact from coaches could happen um, that week. And um, the in-home visits were going to start that Friday. And so um, Malachi came to me in my office and said, mom, I am going to open up my commitment again, uh, my recruitment. And I said, I don't agree. I think you should give coach rule some time. You should let him come to his home visit. And um, Malachi said, no, this is what I want to do. And I said, that's fine. You can, this is your decision. You can do that, but you need to get on the phone with coach rule. So he did. Um, he called coach rule and he says, I'm going to reopen my commitment. Um, and on Friday rule was in our living room. They had a great connection from minute one. Um, and I, I mean, when Malachi opened his, his <laughs> recruitment, I Craig, how many phone, phone calls do you think he got 40? Oh, at least one yeah. Day. Like, <laughs> he didn't go to on- school that day. We kept, we kept the kids home. Um, just because they were dealing with so much emotionally after what came out with Mickey. And um, so we kept the kids home. He, there's no way he could have been in school that day. His That's phone just did not stop ringing. Um, so we talked about what official visits he wanted to try and go on and um that's where that's that's how it happened. Uh, it really only took a little bit of time for him to really build that connection with role and 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 company. So I mean, he's he he is he as genuine in real life as like in person as like. So I I attended the press conference. Like you can watch everything on TV and everything feels kind of surreal when you're seeing. But I sat in the press conferences on Saturday after the spring game and sat probably within ten feet of of the podium where coach was talking. And you can feel like how genuine he is when he's standing up there. Is is that what it's like, like sitting in the living room? Because it's like, I don't know. He just kind of feels like the kind of guy that could be everybody's best friend and and actually mean it. Is it, is it like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. He is very genuine in person. What you see in on the videos, what you see on the uh, press conferences, that's who he is. He's not putting on a show or anything like that. He's just a dad. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's just a dad. He's just a dad, and he's got a bunch of kids. That's for sure. Yeah. You know. Um. Well, I, and I will say too is one of the things that I noticed at the press conference that because I went to the Rutgers game last year and I was able to sit in the press conference at that at that game. Um, it had a different feel to it for sure. The players had it even after the win. Um, you know, in, at Rutgers, it still felt a little bit different. These kids were like coming in like they were having the time of their life this weekend. You could just tell the smile. MJ Sherman, that kid smiling ear to ear, and even his sister posted on Twitter that she's never seen him smile that much before. And um, you know, Jeff Sims, you know, up there talking about just football and and how much fun he was having out there. And um, you know, when when Malachi can he's going to be on campus what in a, just a few weeks, right? Is he going to enroll this summer and, and take some classes and all that? Yeah. Um, because can you tell me what's, what's this um, spring season been like for him? Because obviously people, you can hear the rumors, the talk, the chatter that he's at practices. Um, obviously he can't participate. What's his role with the team been like to this point? He's been down there as much as he's been allowed. So he was, he was at every practice, um, like you said, he couldn't participate, which was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves football. It was brutal to stand and watch. But um, we kind of knew going into the semester of school um, what the practice schedule was going to look like and adjusted his high school schedule so he could participate. Good. So, um, yeah, he's he he's in it. He's in yeah. it every day. He's down there all the time doing everything that he's allowed to do making friends with teammates. Hopefully that's, that's probably the most important part, you know, basically following Jeff Sims or Casey Thompson around as much as possible. Right. Yep. So, um, Taking the mental reps as well. So just what let's, let's look like long-term, you know, three years down the road, four years down the road. Like what, what does, he, what do you guys envision for him? What are, what are you seeing? Like how, like, obviously you guys want him to make his own decisions and, and live his own life, but as parents, that's impossible. I'm going to tell you, I have four kids. I know, um, you know, how do you, what do you guys envision for him in the future? And, and it seems like, you know, and maybe talk a little bit, cause it seems like you're really setting him up for a foundation, no pun intended, um, you know, to, to really set some of that stuff up. So how, how are you guys envisioning all this, you know, happening over the next few years? You want it? I'll let you take this one. She gets the hard one. Yeah, the most important thing to me is mental health. Um, you know, and being 17, moving away from home for the first time, dealing with just being a kid with the trauma history that he has. Um, I, if I could envision the next few years, is that he has a support system around him to help him achieve his dreams, which is to go play in the NFL. He's bound and determined to. Prove me wrong because early years when they first moved in with us, he's like, I'm going to play in the NFL. And I'm like, well, you need a backup plan and you need a backup plan for that backup plan because the reality of that isn't. So all this recruiting happens and everybody's like, well, he's got a good shot of making the NFL. And I'm like, no way. (laughs) 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 I told him all those years, no, you need to go to school. You need to focus on school. But yeah. Um, so for me, it's really all about um, ensuring he has the mental health support that he needs to do the things he needs to do. That's 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 the answer I was really hoping you you would give because it's a uh, 
you know, it, it's hard and it's so important. You see a lot of these athletes with, um, you know, the transfer portal and, um, you know, some of the, some of these schools with just, um, you know, these kids, all these kids leaving. And then basically, um, you know, and you're, and you're wondering like, you know, what kind of support system they have, cause they end up in the transfer portal. They sit there for, for the year. A lot of them don't even go to power five schools after they leave one, they end up in, you know, the, the, group of five or maybe even a division two school or maybe nowhere at all, quite frankly. And I think you're right. I think a lot of that does have to do with mental health and just kind of figuring out where your head's at and the importance of, um, you know, what your other future could look like if you're not going to be, because every single one of these kids coming into college thinks they're going to go to the NFL someday, right. Or else they wouldn't be playing in college. I, at least I would, that's what I would want all my players to do if I was the coach. Um, does he, does he have a fallback plan? Is there, what's he majoring in and, and, you know, what is something that he would like to do if if it comes down to it? So he, he, he wants to, (laughs) he wants to major in uh, sports psychology. Um, and his ultimate goal is to, once he's done in the NFL is to come back and help kids, uh, work through being in that sports organization and hopefully it's here at nebraska that's where he really would like to to focus on that yeah that's that's awesome um so what are you guys going to do all season like what what's your life going to look like throughout the throughout the school year and um you know i assume he's going to try to run track it at for for nebraska as well probably in the off season and um i call it the off season but i guess it's all season right <laughs> yeah. um yeah it's uh so yeah when i was an athlete track was always the one thing that helped keep me in shape all year and i just happened to be fast as well so i get that um what's it gonna look like for you guys because now you're gonna be balancing you know your daughter three sport athlete your son who's gonna be a two sport athlete in college um and a and apparently you guys work as well and you both work from home. So <laughs> what, yeah. what, what, what is your life going to look like? I'm not trying to stress you out here. I just, you know. Oh gosh, no, that's already occurred to us. Um, yeah. So varsity softball, she made varsity softball even as a freshman. So she'll be on varsity softball again in the fall, we assume. Um, and softball plays typically Thursday nights. And anybody know when our first football game is Thursday night in Minnesota. Are you guys going to be there? We are. So will I. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're all going to be out there. Um, the Redcast is making a trip. I think um, nice. we're still trying to convince Boomer to go, but we will be there. Um, we're going to be there, and then of course we'll be um, right up the street from me here in Colorado the following week. Um, so two road two road games. You know. Yep. That's, uh, so that's going to be that's going to be exciting. So you guys are already planning for that, right? You, yeah, we'll be at all the all the games. I think um, that's our plan right now is to be at all of them. Um, there may be some late night travel, overnight driving to get places because we've got softball to deal with and and be at and support fully because she's she's going to be playing softball in college somewhere someday. Um, so chaos. Yeah, that's our that's that's just what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I get that. Does I'm curious too, and I and I don't know one way or the other, and, and you don't necessarily have to answer, but does a school like help parents of players like as far as like, hey, look, this is a place that like maybe we like do they help out at all with that? Like or help have any suggestions or resources for you guys? As far as like I mean, obviously I don't want, I expect them like think that they're going to be paying for flights or things like that. But like, do they give you guys like a list of like, here's some places that we 
they, we recommend staying. That's pretty stuff, significant parent group. We haven't gotten pulled into all because he hasn't technically graduated. So he's not technically an enrolled student yet. So we're not technically in on all the parent stuff yet. But yes, there's a there's a pretty active parent group that um, organizes all kinds of get togethers and um, information on where all the parents are staying and going. And yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I, I, I would imagine so, especially with a school like Nebraska with the resources and all that and all that stuff. Um, what's, what's, uh, so somebody's asking this question. So I, I I'm going to throw it up there. Um, Husker nut is wanting to know what is social media like being a parent of a recruit athlete? Mm. Um, I've seen some of this take place live, so, but I'm still going to let you answer it. Miranda, you take this one. <laughs> Uh, social media, it's a necessary evil. Um, you know, I, I, I said early on that I'm kind of a rule person, a rule enforcer. And so my kids didn't have access to social media. Um, as a matter of fact, Malachi, um, and I are both logged in on even to this day to his Twitter and I see everything he puts out and goes through. Um, and so social media as the parent of a recruit is it's a lot. There's a lot of DMS. There's a lot of coat. Like, all recruiting happens on Twitter. That's crazy. It, that's so that, that's real, thing. right? That's yeah. It happens on Twitter. That's how they find you. That's where, that's where the recruits are putting their information out, um, sharing their huddle and sharing all of their video. Twitter, Twitter is where it's at. That's crazy. So it's a necessary evil. So do you ever like save like what's the you don't have to name coaches, but what's the weirdest DM you've ever gotten from a coach? Since you're the one reading them, like what's the weirdest thing you've seen on there? Um, so the weirdest one <laughs> wasn't on Twitter, but um, there was one coach from Vanderbilt that just over the top intentions were good but i'm not i'm not exaggerating we would get 45 text messages a day every day like over the top and i finally had to to tell him you gotta you gotta back off once a week you can reach out once a week it was it was a lot that's crazy yeah i i i mean i i can't imagine what some of like the things that people would will say or do out there, you know, and it's um, so I can imagine that that, that could kind of get hard for you guys. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's been kind of a journey for you guys at this point, I, I suppose. Right. Like, and, and you're a Husker fan. Uh, you're not just wearing that hat because, because are you guys born and raised in, in Nebraska? Both of you? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right it's, uh, oh, right. Both of you, both of you right there in Lincoln and, and you know, what's your story? How'd you guys meet? So I grew up in McCook um, and I moved here in 2007. We actually met playing church co-ed softball. Okay. And uh, we just kind of became friends and we had our own co-ed team that we gathered a bunch of people that we enjoyed playing softball with. Um, and we just really, our, our friendship just grew and grew. And then ultimately we decided to, go ahead and start dating. And then next thing you know, we're married. So and now you got three kids and that's, yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's, that's great. And you guys have been married for how long now? 
11 years. Almost 11 years, yeah. I was going to say, I'm really happy that you both paused at the same time on that one. That's <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Um, so I'm going to ask a little bit more of a difficult question here. At least it's difficult for me to ask, and and maybe it's, it's easy to answer or not. But, you know, um, what's it like with, you know, Malachi and his sister, you know, obviously you guys are, have a mixed race family and, you know, and, and it, and you guys are, you know, trying to, to navigate through life like that. And what kind of perspective has that given you like as parents, you know, raising, raising, you know, the two of them and, you know, going out and just kind of being yourselves out, out in public on a daily basis. And, you know, what are some of the things that you've just kind of become aware of in society that, that have grown to, you kind of appreciate what they've gone through? Um, I went to Lincoln High, the most diverse high school in the state. Obviously, I'm not racist. I, I love my children. Um, white people sometimes feel like they're, they say things, they do things, not realizing even that there's, there's an undertone to what they're doing or saying. Um, that can be construed as racist. And I, I never really thought about it, saw it um, until we were on a um, little fundraising door to door. And I saw it happening. I saw it happening to my children and their friends on their track team. And I, I it was just these little micro things happening. And I'm just, and I'm like, this is, this is what they live every single day. And, and people don't realize even what they're saying or doing um, and how that can be construed. So that was the biggest eye opener for me. And that, I mean, it took a few years for me to even see some of the things um, that I might've said or done. Um, we have a lot of great conversations in our house a lot. Mm -hmm. um, just recently um, something happened at a restaurant and both of the kids kind of react and they're like, I can't believe you didn't say anything to them. It, and we had to have a conversation about it later because it was like, okay, what did I miss? How did I not see what you both obviously were feeling? Um, so yeah, a lot of great conversation, a lot of great learning um, and just hope that I can continue to learn and grow and, and be their champion. No, that's, that's fantastic. I, I'm just, I, I'm always curious. I um, grew up, one of my good friends growing up was, was the same. He was adopted. Um, he was black. Um, we're also Jewish. We were in a synagogue together and, and growing up in a, in a small town in Northern California. And so, um, you know, we, we saw some of that together as well growing up. It kind of um, made me hyper aware of, of a lot of things when I was a kid. Right. And, and so it's always nice to kind of hear, that perspective. And for the record, that question was actually asked by um, one of your biggest fans, um, Husker Abby, or I, I actually <laughs> Abby, um, Redcast Abby, she, I, Husker Abby, same, same, same person all around, but Redcast Abby, we call her Redcast Abby around here. Um, yeah. She, she sent me that question and, and asked me to ask it. And so I thought it was important too. So coming from her, yeah. you know, um, you know, I, God, it feels like we've covered so much already. Right. And well, so I would like to get a little bit more personal with you guys here. Um, you sent me a few pictures, um, you know, and so I've, I've gone ahead and I have 
um, put together a little bit of a show here. Let's see if we can get this to, to pull up here. Here we go. Um, talk about this picture. Cause that's um, well on my right, I guess it would be on his left, but um, that's Malachi right there. Right. Tell who, who is this? So this is Carlos Davis, uh, one of the former Huskers. Um, he reached out uh, actually uh, Malachi's hostel worker, Miss Donna. Um, she set up a visit where we, Carlos was able to take Malachi and I around to the stadium. So this was just after Coach Riley was hired. Um, stadium was vacant. And so we just went all around and just ended up having a great time. Um, just uh, this last weekend, Carlos was actually there at the spring game. And when he saw Malachi, he was like, holy crap. <laughs> no, no way that that's you. So they were able to reconnect. Um, and so really excited to see how that relationship is able to be rekindled. Yeah. And for the record, for our listeners and watchers too, um, Malachi is every bit of six, five. I mean, there's like, they're not exaggerating on his side of anything. They're, they're maybe taking away a half an inch on him. Um, he is as, he is as tall as all get up. Let me tell you, he, he, I was standing and he walked by me and I'm only five, nine. So I, he's almost a foot taller than me. So that was, that was really something else. And, and um, I'm really excited to see him out there on the field. Cause if he's, he's, he's obviously as fast as, as everyone says, and he's six, five. So I can't imagine what that's going to be like. Um, did you guys go with him to Hawaii? I was going to ask you that. Did you guys go with him on that trip to Hawaii out there? He, and- was, there, he was there for a week. Uh, Craig and I went out for a couple of days and watched the game and, and stayed a couple of days late later. Yeah. And that, yeah. that was great. That was what a performance out there too. Um, I was, I never watched those high school. I watched that one. Um, and it was fantastic. And, and it was, it was really cool to see him out there kind of showcasing his stuff and everything. So. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. All right. Well, let's see this picture right here. You said there's a fun story behind this one. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, tweet this out to the entire world too later. And you yeah. know, I may, I may keep this one in case, you know, I got, I need to keep something in my back pocket. Sure. To, uh, play it, play it anytime. Yeah. Uh, so I always give my like a hard time because I call it his bonnet he wears in, in public. And I'm like, you're really, it looks like a shower cap. You're wearing a bonnet in public. And he wore it to school one day and I was, we were expecting a college coach for a visit in school that day. Um, and we were invited to do the visit at school instead of them coming to our, our home. And I said, if you're wearing a bonnet, so am I. And I don't think he really thought that I would. So I threw his bonnet in my pocket. And as soon as that college coach walked up, we're in the, we're in his high school hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask which college coach it was? Syracuse. Okay. Okay. Now, was was Tony White involved in any of the recruiting prior to him coming out and being the defensive coordinator? At, at okay, I just curious. Sometimes, sometimes you know, you never know who the coach is that's on the recruiting trail for what college. So I'm, I was always curious if there was some kind of a connection there too. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Malachi thought I'd really do it. <laughs> And I don't think he was as embarrassed as I kind of thought he might be, but that's all right. It didn't. No, he owned it. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I think kids these days are a little more resilient with stuff like that. You know, I think, 
the 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 ticky tack or the TikTok or whatever it is those kids are playing these days. Um, no, I know what it all is. I actually probably should need to learn that some. So if anyone out there wants to teach me how to use TikTok, I'd be more than happy to get that. All right, let's see one more picture here. Does he always cook with a football helmet on? No, not anymore. So this was uh, the very first time he got an actual football helmet. So all throughout foster care, he was never able to actively participate in sports. And and until he moved in with us, uh, it just wasn't possible for him. And that's part of the reason why we were doing the Fly Like Kai Foundation and, and really being able to give the kids an outlet to uh, really express their uh, either athletic arts or academic desires, whatever it is that will just kind of help them feel like a normal person. And so this is the very first night he got the helmet. He wanted to know how that helmet felt. I think he kept it on probably about three or four hours. And so this is uh, just him cooking some mac and cheese <laughs> in that helmet because he just really wanted to have it on. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. So did you ever coach him? as as dad like in any of his youth football or uh, not in football i did a little bit of baseball uh okay. with him okay. um, nice nice well you know i mean we uh what a what a great conversation i'm really glad that you guys came on here tonight to do this i've, I've been messaging miranda forever and obviously she's probably like god this guy's kind of a pain in the ass but um <laughs> i hope i didn't just screw up our youtube alg algorithm with that but you know, I, I just I was I've always been really interested in your story, kind of where things are at. You know, you see all this stuff like like you said on the news, but never quite sure like what's real, what's not. You know, is is there anything else you guys want to add for this? I mean, as far as you know, Malachi's foundation, do you <laughs> we're we're our very own <laughs> Ben Bill coach? <That's, laughs> yeah, a little bit, a bit, a little bit. That's oh, funny now. That's a long ways to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say I am. Um, I, I hopefully I've been friendly the whole time. I mean, I'm. I just you know I, I I've just been really interested and in, and it's funny and and I realize because I I now that you say it I'm like oh my god I was just another guy like probably like sending her but the the thing was is that like I I've never wanted to have Malachi on here. He's a 17 year old kid and I did have one um, kid that was a commit that came on here and and it was a great conversation but also you know as as like a, a father of four kids and everything I, i'm not always comfortable talking to the kids because i don't really connect with them as much with the parents it's it's a little bit easier you know i'm you know and I, surprisingly i'm probably a little bit older than the two of you and that's you know that's that's great but the um <laughs> but the uh. you know i don't know yeah you know i the guys on on here always make fun of me because I'm I'm actually about three years older than all of them as well. I I'll be turning fifty next year and I and I feel every bit of it in my bones when I wake up in the morning, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, at the same time, it's 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 uh, it's just always refreshing to kind of hear the story of the people who are responsible for the kids getting here before, you know. And and I, and I appreciate you guys coming on and and talking about that a little bit and opening up a little bit with me. Um, you know, so as per tradition on the Redcast, we always give the parting shots to our guests. So if you guys have anything you want to say, um, I'm going to give the floor to each one of you. So I want to make sure that each of you have something to say and, and, uh, you know, let's, uh, go ahead with that. Craig, you got something? Go ahead. <laughs> I, I would just say, um, 
to all the athletes out there um, aspiring to play at the next level, keep pursuing it. And as parents, don't ever shut their dreams down because I went down that path and look, here he is proving me wrong. So um, anybody has questions, I my DMs are always open. Feel free to reach out. I'm happy to answer questions. Yeah, Greg? I, there's not really a manual on how to get recruits or recruitments done. Um, we were flying by the seat of our pants most of the time trying to figure this out. I, the biggest thing I want to leave with is try and stay positive. Don't be posting stuff about recruits or kids in high school. It really affects their mindset and you could actually have a very negative impact on the recruitment. So just be conscious of that as as you go about your daily lives uh, and in contacting kids on Twitter or posting something about them. They do read it. It's not easy. It's not hard to find. So, yeah. I, I couldn't have said that better myself. Do not tweet at, like, if you want to give somebody a words of encouragement, go right ahead and do that. Like, as you said before, mental health, right? Like you got to think about these are kids. They, they are legitimately kids. And you can always tell the people who don't have kids or if they do, they're really bad parents. In my opinion, if that's how they're treating other people's children. Um, and again, before we get off here too, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that today launched breaking news. Flylikekai.org was launched. Um, go there. That is um, Malachi's own foundation that he is starting to so that he can provide the same opportunities that he was afforded by the two of you for other kids in the foster care system. Um, super important work. Um, I realize you say he wants to be a sports psychologist, but but let's be honest, he has a future in social work because this is right there. Like this is super important stuff and um, means a lot for these kids. Um, well, with that being said, I'd like to thank the two of you for coming on. And uh, that's just given us another Go Big Redcast. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Heard at Sports Network Production.